It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock here on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Champaign-Urbana. Phone line is open 356-9397. Normally, uh, sports director, sports editor Matt Daniels from the News Gazette is with us in the studio. Matt is on vacation. Bob Osmussen is in with us. Scott Ritchie as well. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good afternoon, I guess. How yeah. are you? Good to see you. You too. Scott, how are you getting along? All right? Same. <laughs> same as the last four months, pretty There's much. There's a lot of, lot of same old, same old these days. Yeah. We've got plenty to talk about here. We'd love to have you join us if you'd like. Jay Lehman will be with us coming up in about uh, 10 minutes or so. We'll talk about um, the state of college football and Big Ten football. Some of the headlines today, the Washington football team in the National Football League has dropped the uh, name and likeness of Redskins. Not a big surprise. You saw that coming, I'm, I'm certain. They did not indicate what their new name might be. I think they've got an idea, though. I, I think it's clear. I like that Ron Rivera, the coach there now, has an idea. He he's, he's, sounds like fairly involved, and they want to honor the tradition of the team, uh, but also make sure they do all the right things. So I, I'll be curious what it is. I got a couple ideas, but... I want to see what they have to say. One of the ones I saw as an idea was the Red Tails. Heard that to honor the uh, the uh, first air, black correct air fighters correct. in World War II. That seems pretty first like a, black squadron. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. If I were if I was in charge, that'd be my name right there. I've heard others, but I think that that sounds great. Yeah, they acted on this actually rather quickly when they decided to. To do it, uh, you know, Dan Snyder, the owner, said he would never change the name at, at one time. And uh, when he did decide to do it, it happened pretty fast. Yeah, I think the one thing that stood out to me the most about their um, announcement this morning, they released a statement and uh, in two instances mentioned their sponsors first before mm-hmm. fans or the community. So uh, something may or may not be driving you know, this decision more than anything else. Hard to know why that would have happened. I, I do think that this is not the end. I think there will be new, I, certainly the Cleveland Indians. Their nickname is probably going to be changed too. I would think. I then I think the question goes what what beyond that happens. But I I think we're in that now that mode that that's going to continue to happen. And frankly, I have no problem with that. What about your Atlanta Braves? I've I've told you maybe I've told you I have I have the nickname. I I, I would change it. I would have changed the name years ago. The greatest player in the organization history, Hank Aaron, was nicknamed the Hammer. So call them the Hammers, which is, goes to the Home Depot, goes to uh, you could do take take, to, take the tomahawk out, put put a hammer in there. You could do a hammer chop. Nobody would ever say a word. We don't call the chop hammer swing, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but and I think this would be great. I would yeah I would 
I'll tell you, I buy Braves eggs all the time. I constantly, there's never, there's never any, anything that you would think is Native American on that. When I buy those things, I always buy. I love the egg because it reminds me of my last name. But I, I think they have to change their name as well. So do they also change the Atlanta because they're you know more you know Cobb County Braves? At this Maybe point. they should do just to be honest about it. They're they're <laughs> since, not even since they moved out of downtown. The Cobb County Hammers. Yeah, the Cobb County doesn't Hammers. quite have the have well, the same ring to it. I, I like the Atlanta part because it's generally representing the area. But I do think I think what a great thing to do. They've obviously honored Hank uh, Aaron a lot. I would have named the stadium after him. But they moved out of the old stadium, so maybe that's not a better thing than a nickname. Hammers would be perfect. So I hope, I hope somebody in Atlanta, hopefully, is listening. And they'll, hey, Bob's a good idea. I'd like some season tickets or something for doing that. But <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they need to be changing their name as well. Let's go to the phones. Again, the line is open, 356-9397. got a call coming in from Paris, Illinois. Oh. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, guys. Uh, this is John M. I usually used to call you from Washington, D.C., but I'm down here at my mother's house in Paris, Illinois. So uh, I, one thing I dearly look forward to every year was the 50-top Illini for the team for the coming season and also the 50-top teams, which I guess was a committee effort between Matt, uh, Scott, and Bob. And is that now not going to happen this year? A great question. I wish Matt Daniels was here. We have not talked about it. Normally, it would have, would have started soon. We both did these massive, uh, hopefully you saw these, these massive looks at college football. I'm, mine was May. Scott's was June, correct? Yeah, for college basketball. For basketball. So what I did was I did uh, basically, I did a bunch of things. I didn't do 50 line, uh, fifty teams. I did 100 teams. So I, I, I think I'll re- repeat that, but... I'm not sure what the plan is there. Well, and part of the problem is we didn't have we spring know. football right. to uh, maybe have yeah. an idea of who was going to be uh, maybe more important this right. coming season, with the caveat, of course, being uh, if there will be you know, a football season this fall. I'm all for doing it. it creates a lot of work, but I, I loved it. I thought it was valuable. But when I did 100, but when I got about 50, I was like, I really hate this, so <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad, glad with the, I'm glad you liked it. Actually, that's the best part. The fact you that, value that was, it. I look forward to it every year. That's great. But uh, just a quick second question. So the Big Ten's already made the decision that it was going to be conference only. But have they worked out the dynamics of how that's going to to work? No, I think that's an ongoing process. I believe ten games is pretty much decided. So. Now, Tom Deanhart on Steve's show, Stephen Lawrence's show on Saturday, said that he thinks they might wipe out the current schedule and just start over. So I think in many ways that would be easier. That'd to be do. make a lot of sense to me because you got to get you got to get the games into se- the month of September. Correct. You've got to get some games in there. A lot of them. The, under the current schedule, Illinois would have none. Right. Until October the third or second, whatever that is. And people have suggested, and I think Tom did too, and other people have said. It would, might be cool to have the, all those end-of-season games, Illinois Northwestern, obviously Michigan, Ohio State, Indiana, Purdue, move those up to the first week. And I, I'm telling you, TV would love that. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if they do that. Or maybe maybe not do that with all of them, but play some of those games really early in the season. So maybe you get Northwestern, Illinois, second week. But the main thing is it'll be five games apiece, home and away, and we know that for sure. 
I, I'm sure they'll keep it division-wise, certainly. So Illinois will play six division games. Then the other four is the big question. So if you're Illinois, you're rooting for you probably prefer not to play Ohio State or Penn State. You'll probably better to play the other four. But I'm, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Anything else, John? Well, uh, thanks. Uh, and the next time I talk to you guys, I'll be calling from Washington, D.C. Good deal. We appreciate you listening. Thank you very much. Safe travels. Okay. We're going to talk more about uh, Big Ten football coming up after our first time out. Uh, Jay Lehman, former Illini linebacker, All-American linebacker, and now works for BTN. He'll join us in just a moment. One other quick note on college football. The Patriot League today joined the Ivy League in canceling all fall activity football and other fall sports as well. So nothing there until January 1st at the earliest. Makes sense. Those people are smart. Yeah. We'll take a break and be back with more. Again, Jay Lehman will join us. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Steve Kelly along with Scott Ritchie and Bob Osmussen. And we're back with more after this. It is 5.23, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly along with Bob Osmussen and Scott Ritchie. Matt Daniels normally in the studio with us, taking a little vacation time. You got the orders from these two guys to not set foot in this building. Is that right, uh, Scott? You are banned from the building, Matt Daniels, for the week. Yeah, that's the plan. And it's it should happen that way. It should, especially if. Things get busy. We don't know if they're going to get busy or not. Normally, we're talking about uh, things getting busy here before too long. Let's uh, bring in our friend Jay Lehman. Old number 47 is with us. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. We want some answers on football. You got any? Yeah, me too. I think we all want answers, right? I mean, we get uh, we get this conference schedule an announcement, you know, as far as just playing conference games. But I don't know when the games are, how many conference games there are. I mean, how do you plan anything? Think about it from a fan's perspective. How do I plan any kind of trip to any kind of stadium when we don't know the schedule and we're in July already? So I don't know what's going on. And the fans even going to be able to come. I don't even know. Yeah, that's another good point. And uh, I think they'll – we were talking over the weekend to Tom Deanhart, who uh, works for the Purdue Rivals uh, group over there in West Lafayette. He thinks they'll kind of just maybe start over. As he said, nuke it nuke the schedule as it is now and, and start over and come up with some games and maybe not even announce the full 10-game schedule right away. They might say, okay, here's September games, and we'll see how that goes. And they want to play 10 games over maybe 13 or 14 weeks to leave some outs if a team comes down sick. There, there's just a lot of things we don't know yet. You're right. Well, I think it'd be – I don't think it will happen, but, man, if they could get 12 games on the schedule – uh, you know, you play every conference opponent but one conference opponent in your, in your opposite division. I just think that would be that would be a bonanza. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm kind of dreaming about that. But uh, I think it will be nine or ten games. I don't know if it's going to be pushed forward so everything's done before Thanksgiving or if it's going to be pushed back. Uh, there, there's a lot of questions out there. Let me let me throw this at you because I don't I don't think this is going to happen either. But you want to get a tidy group of. 12 games, could you play your division opponents home and away? Play them twice. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. So that would be a total of That'd be 12 games. Know, 12 games right there. Yeah. And then, you would, and then you, what you would do is have a championship game in Indy to determine. I mean, that'd be kind of old school. I think it'd be fun. You do home and away. And, you, you know, what it would be great is that 
everybody gets an equal amount of home games. That's the best. Steve Kelly, you, you always surprise me, man. That's one of the better ideas I've heard. Well, I'd like to take credit for it, but uh, Matt Daniels brought it up first. But we we oh, okay. we've talked a lot about it. But uh, who knows uh, if that'll happen? I doubt it. But as a player, would playing the same team or a team more than once in a season would that affect you at all? I think it's the same thing. When you play a basketball team three times, right. it's like playing a football team twice. It's hard to beat them three times. It's hard to beat a football team twice, and even the match football team. Uh, you just, it, it's just difficult. We've seen so many times where teams, you know, get beat in the regular season and come back and beat the team in a, in a championship game in football. So um, I think that would be, it'd be interesting, though, and I think it, it would have a, a sort of novelty to it, and you could cut down on travel for sure for people, people moving around different areas. So, Jay, this is Bob. How comfortable would you be playing football Right now, this this year, would you as you know? Obviously, you're not going to play this year. Although I'm sure you could get out there. They asked, but how comfortable would you? <laughs> how worried you would you be? What would you be? The things personally, you know, knowing now you have kids, but personally, you want to have a life. How would you handle this whole thing? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. You know, uh, first of all, I think every situation is completely different. Um, you know, I don't have. Fortunately, you know, I don't have some of the underlying health concerns that a lot of individuals have, uh, whether that be age or pre-existing conditions, I, I think I would be I would be fine with playing. Um, I think a lot of the players that have got it, uh, that we know of that have got it, you know, whether it be LSU or Clemson, have been asymptomatic. Uh, that's not to say there's not a risk for sure, but I guess I would really be concerned about some of the older people, um, you know, coaches, uh, officials, uh, you know, people in the media that have to talk to these guys and cover these guys like you. And, you know, I, there's just a lot of people to be uh, trainers who are really hands-on with people, doctors. And, uh, you know, who knows who has what kind of underlying condition. And it's pretty hard to wear a mask during some of these physical activity. And I just don't know how you kind of get around it. I would be comfortable with it myself. I, I certainly understand uh, the concern from some other individuals, though. Well, Jay, has there been any you know, discussion so far, you know, maybe with you know, BTN about how, you know, if games are played this fall, they're going to be called? I mean, do you see yourself in, you know, the press box in the booth yeah, I, for a game, or maybe? I, I, yeah, that's, that's a great question. I don't know what it is. You know, for basketball games and for, um, you know, I won't call them minor sports, but maybe for baseball or or volleyball or stuff that is maybe. Uh, uh, you know, mainstream as basketball, men's basketball and, and football, they do what they call micro shows where they, they basically announce the game off of a couple huge monitors at the Big Ten studio. I'm wondering if that's what we do, but at the same time, we're only two really individuals that, you know, two individuals that would come to the stadium. They still got to have all the sound people, all the, uh, you know, all your Ed Bonds of the world who do all the dirty work, right? Ed never gets a shout-out. So, I mean, uh, the cameramen, all these things, they still got to have all those pieces in place. So I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I'm i guessing it's going to try – they're going to try to thin out uh, and have as, as few people on site as possible, if I had to guess. Uh, from what I know from, from, you know, Fox, who owns BTN, is that we are to plan like we are having a season. No one knows that. No one knows the details. Uh, and obviously that was shook up with the announcement of only conference games. Um, I wish I had more answers and some big dynamite news thing to, to give you, but I don't know as much as you guys do. 
talking uh, Big Ten football with Jay Lehman. One of the things that appears to be on the table, at least uh, for consideration, would be to play the football schedule in the spring, which saves the TV money, I guess. That's one way to look at it. You hate to say it's all about money, but in many cases, money is just a huge thing as far as college football goes. But my question to you from a player standpoint, if they would play in, say, February, March, and April, something like that, and then turn around and have to have a season again starting in the fall, you could be talking about 22 to 24 games over the course in the same calendar year over the course of six or seven months. I I don't see that flying, do you? No, I think that goes against player safety stuff. And, of course, you have a lot of injuries that, you know, take six to 12 months to recover from, whether it be um, knee injuries, shoulder injuries, Achilles injuries, um, you name it, you know. And so I don't think that a proper tire, you would really lose a lot of people for that 2021 fall season, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see that necessarily flying, but, you know, I guess everything's on the table. Um, the way I see it is we've never been through something like this before, so I think there's they're trying to try to get creative as possible. I think they're going to try to keep it in the fall if they can, although I know it changes on a daily basis. Um, and I know you guys follow it as well. It just seems like sometimes we're down, sometimes we're up, and sometimes it feels like we're going to have games, and sometimes it feels like we don't have a good game. I guess if, if I had to say right now, I think we're going to have some sort of game in the fall. I don't know what that looks like. Jay, Illinois has a schedule set up to really have a great start. They had three pretty soft non-conference games, no offense to Illinois State. Then they had a not easy, but they opened at Rutgers, opened it, and then played in Nebraska. Could have easily started 5-0, 6-0. How much does this hurt them? The lack of the, lack of the non-conference games, what does it do to the kind of momentum they had after last year? Yeah, I think you wanted to get off on a fast start, especially this being year 5-11. That's kind of the year that everybody's kind of pointed to uh, with it. Um, it is year 5, right? Or is it year 4? Year 5, five right? Yeah, year five. Year five. So, I mean, I, I think this is the year. So I think that's disappointing. I guess, you know, I guess everyone's in the same boat. And I do, we talked about a month ago, Bob, I do think with the offensive line, with the receivers, and with Brandon Peters, um, I do think the offense will be in good hands. Um, you know, defensively, they've still got a few holes to fill and whatnot. But I think the offense will be there. And I do think people with a veteran quarterback, returning quarterback, and a return offensive line, because I think that takes the lungs to get in sync, will have an advantage. So maybe Illinois could sneak up, sneak up on some Big Ten opponents, uh, depending on the schedule. They maybe have lost a lot of upperclassmen. They get to play that opponent, and, and Illinois has more upperclassmen. They're more prepared based on everything that's happened over the last six months, and sneak a couple wins that maybe they weren't favored to get if the season was just a normal season. I guess from a, a- prepared in the standpoint i mean all the teams are kind of in the same boat you know having not gone through spring ball i mean some teams got a couple practices in before everything was shut down but I mean, what does that maybe change this fall where yeah i mean this is obviously a situation no one's ever had before but the players are going to come into camp if there's camp basically you know after five months almost entirely off you know, save for you know some workouts they've been able to do here since mid-june yeah, here, here's the thing. I, I think a lot of those players didn't mind taking off spring ball. Spring ball is a grind. I do think it's 
good to, to let the young players play. Some of the veterans, they're probably glad they got a break. You know, I'm, I'm sure guys that were banged up last year, like like Jake Hansen or or other guys and Nick's that maybe we didn't know about, uh, oh, happy there was no spring ball. I think they've got a core group of guys that have been working very hard. I would give them about 10 days in camp to kind of get their bearings. I think they'll feel a little bit weird. You'll feel weird in camp the first three or four days anyway, but I, I think it'll come back pretty fast. These are these are pretty highly trained athletes. It's not like they're not doing anything. I know Luke Hernandez has come out uh, you know, in smaller groups than they have been before, but I, I think they'll be ready. I think if there's one thing we know about Lovey is he's going to make sure that the guys get to the game healthy, uh, whatever that takes. That's kind of the NFL mentality. So I'm not necessarily worried about that. Now, we've had a rash of injuries often. The last year there was camp and whatnot. There's a lot of hamstrings. But we've had a lot of rash of injuries a lot of times early in the season uh, for the games. Hopefully they can stay healthy through the first three or four games because the depth has never been a strong seat under Lovey. You try to kind of replenish the recruiting pipeline. Yeah, I know you're a pretty faith, faithful person. You have strong beliefs. What do you think about will football be played this year? What's your belief on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all agree that football is amazing. It is a great sport. It brings people together. But at the end of the day, I, I have not seen um, – I don't think any of us have gotten sufficient answers or know what to believe at this point, uh, you know, on, on what is the real danger of this thing is. So uh, as much as it would pain me to see there be no secret, uh, to compromise the athlete, you know, lives of any athletes or people that, uh, you know, are close to the football team, it's probably not worth it. But at the same time, uh, you know, and like I said, I'm no medical expert. Who knows? In a month, it could be that the that the death rate is so low of, of the positive test that maybe they they change stuff. I just think it's impossible. I think my, my thing is this: is ultimately you got to value human life above everything, um, above economic impact, above a sport, above all that stuff. So I want to be very cognizant of that. I certainly don't want to come off crass to people that have underlying health issues or or more at risk because uh, it's a very serious thing. Um, at the same time, I'm just trying to weigh, is it is it worth the risk to actually go out and play? Or does it do more damage not to play? So, I'm, I'm kind of hedging on both sides of the fence like a lot of people are. Um, but certainly, if it were to cause a second or third major outbreak and shut down this town by having football games or shut or, or run through the DIA with their athletes and get them a lot of sick and the, the support staff sick and people die, it's not worth it. I don't. The problem is we don't know if that will happen or not. And so I think that's where we're just kind of in a holding pattern and why everybody's in a holding pattern. And uh, I wish I could talk about more fun stuff like, you know, the opening game against somebody, but we don't even know that. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, we need to talk some X's and O's at some point, don't we? <laughs> Instead of all, uh, the, well, yeah. all the what ifs. Uh, yeah, you know, I, mean, I like to have a lot of fun with you guys and stuff. It's just been a, a very serious time. Uh, and, you know, you just don't want to make light of something that's very serious. You know, lives, jobs, all, all that stuff has been affected. Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel for this town and any other college town, you know, I mean, there's a lot of economic impact from football and basketball in this town. You know, if we don't have those, how does that affect this town? If fans can't come to Memorial stadium to see it, we just have TV. How does it affect this town? How does that affect the health, mental, emotional, physical health of people that maybe not have the virus, but 
have economic difficulties that lead to stress. So it's, a, it's an infinitely complex thing. I want to be cognizant and respectful of everybody's view on it. If we can play football safe, let's do it. If we can't do that, uh, then let's push it to a time where we could do that. But like you guys have brought up, there's a lot of different factors to consider. Jay, it's $3 million a game is what uh, Jane DeLuce told me. It's uh, Champaign-Urbana, economic impact for each game is $3 million. So it's a lot of jobs, a lot of businesses. But I, I agree right. with you totally. It's not worth it. He, to, the loss of lives is not worth it to me. I, and it sounds like that's right. kind of what you think, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately you have to value human life above everything. You know, I'm a strong believer in the, in the value of, of life and all things. And so for me not to value human life, that would be a little bit hypocritical. At the same time, I, I do have, uh, I, I do feel bad for business owners. I do feel bad for people out of work. Um, I feel bad for the football players. I don't think there's a winner in this thing. I think, um, you know, I, I pray and hope that there is some medical treatment or that the virus dies out. Um, but certainly it's just a tough situation for everybody. And it's, for me, it's not about, you know, who's right or who's wrong. Is it deadly? Is it not deadly? Or you know, Republican or Democrat? I think we just all want a solution to move forward. Um, I don't want the division. I just, I just want to be able to play if we can play. If we can't play, let's figure out sometime when we can't play and keep people safe. Let's go to more of hopeful thing. Do you think when this all passes, which uh, we all hope and pray will, how much more excited and, and grateful will people be when they get to watch football and get to play football going forward? Do you, can you imagine kind of a boom post-COVID? Oh, yeah. Do you think that'll happen? Yeah. I do think that'll happen. I think people kind of got um, – we've kind of got used to 24-7 sports whatever time of year it is, right? Uh, and that's been taken away the last three or four months. Uh, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, I think once it comes back, people will be pretty rabid for it. Um, you know, so I think there's going to be a boom with it. Um, I don't know if that boom, and, you know, this makes any of the players feel better about possibly missing a season, you know. Right. Uh, but I do think I do think the fans will return uh, relatively fast once, once they get the all clear. Jay Lehman, everybody. Appreciate it. Always good to talk to you and – Hopefully we'll be doing it uh, in person on a game day here before too long. Yeah, hopefully we're clear to play, guys. All right? Yep. Thanks, Jay. Talk to you soon. Jay Lehman yeah. with us here on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll take a time out. We've got some more things to talk about on the show as we work our way towards 6 o'clock. It is 541 now. And back with more after this. Monday Night Sports Talk rolls on. Steve Kelly with the News Gazette Sports Writers. Minus sports editor Matt Daniels, who is on uh, vacation. He'll be back with us at some point. Is he coming back next week, Scott? Or is he taking a couple of weeks off? Uh, he should be back next week. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he might just decide he likes it away from here. Well, it's been so long since he's had any time off, he might decide he likes that. Yeah. And he who, deserves time off. Yeah, exactly. He's, I mean, Scott works the hardest in the staff, but Matt's second. Because <laughs> Matt, Matt's, Matt's not here. So, of course, and Colin's doing a great job, too. Yeah, but I think, you know, with Matt being the sports editor, correct, you might want to toss some extra props his way. Yeah, Matt does a great job. Yeah, let's go to the phones. And Bill and Rantoul is with us. Hey, Bill, you're on the air. Thanks, guys. I have two ideas. I think 
you know, the Big Ten does make some money off, quite a bit of money off the Big Ten network, and I realize there's revenue is going to be way down like everybody's this year. But you got a lot of uh, schools like Illinois State. Uh, they made a commitment. They know they're going to be a big underdog. They go on the road, and the, and the players have to just accept that they're playing for school pride and, and to uh, support the teams. I'd like to see the Big Ten teams play as many, if they're going to play conference games only, play as many as you can. Take some uh, that money you make from from TV, the Big Ten Network, and honor those contracts of the teams, the uh the non-conference teams that agreed to come to your place and play. I think that would make uh, a lot of sense for those schools to keep them in business. I, I think that and I think that's perfect. I think that's – I haven't thought about that, but it makes a ton of sense. There will be legal battles with this thing, but I think that that's a great idea. And you're right. Well, yeah, because if, 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 they, if their program collapses, who's going to play them next year? Right, exactly. You know, there's not going to be anybody. My second idea is not so positive. I just think uh, a lot of the sports writers, especially on the East Coast and West Coast, are just part of the media, and I, I'm 90% sure that they will do everything they can to cancel the football season, and I would be really surprised if there is a college football season. I really do, because I, I think this, um, I think a lot of the writers in the uh, mainstream media, so-called mainstream media, just want to kill the economy for the election, and I think the sports writers will follow suit now that's not saying that they are not concerned about the virus everybody is but i think they have a special interest in in uh, holding back the economy holding back uh you know people's emotion so i re- i hope i'm wrong i pray i'm wrong but well i'm gonna say you're feel- you're wrong and um since i don't want to get any fcc violations I, so. I can't say exactly what i want to <laughs> say but um come as a sports writer my job is tied directly to there being sports to cover. I mean, we've done, uh, right. I think, a remarkable job the last four months right. like, keeping the sports up. section going with well, no sports, but writers on the East Coast and the West Coast, the it, it's the yeah, same. Their jobs are dependent on sports. No one is rooting for sports not to come back. Correct. It's, and this is not a political issue. Uh, the it's whole a, Democratic Party is rooting for the economy not to come back. Well, that's not a sports writers. So that's not me. That's well, not... yeah. Well, they're if, if they're if they're liberal Democrats, they probably feel that way in their hearts. I'm just well. Telling you, I'll just say that I'm not a registered Democrat, but I voted Democrat, and I've also voted for some Republicans. I consider myself moderately liberal on some things. I want sports to come back. This is not a political issue. Your, your point is is insulting to you know people I know in the profession that are losing their jobs like other people across the country because there are no sports. It's, it's, it's asinine to say something like that. Well, then again, I have to, I don't, uh, I have to go to work every day because my job's essential, so I don't get to stay home. And, so and, are our uh, jobs. I, I got to go. You know, I have to go out. So I'm just telling you, there's probably not going to be a football season, and a lot of it's going to be political. You may want to hear that, but I believe that's the truth. I sure, I really do. Bill, don't you think there's... Don't you think there are health issues in the country and fo- football would be sure. tricky? So I think, again, I, yeah. I'm, I'm reluctant to send somebody else's child out to get oh, I, injured absolutely. or sick by something that's a, that's a game. I, I don't understand the idea of oh. letting anybody, anybody's kid get sick to play football. That's not, that's not oh. all that important. 
Health is important. I, I agree. And I've got. I agree. I've, it's, it's an individual choice. I've got. But Bill, you know, I've the got, people I've got, who want to play aren't given the choice. I've got. I've got health underlying health issues. Okay, I've got a lot I of them. I do too. I've got and a I lot of them. Work every, so I, I do too. I'm being careful, really careful. Steve can tell you. I walked in here today with mask and gloves on. So I'm trying to be careful, and I think we have to have the same courtesy, same courtesy to these athletes. See, and and really, the bigger problem in in sports and football. It's not so much the athletes because I think they'll probably all be fine, but Lovey Smith is 62 and, and he's in great shape. But I don't want anything to happen to him. And, and then there are people on the staff, the coaching staff, that are older. Not all of them are older, older, but some of them are. So I want them to be. I want Rod Smith to be healthy. I want Mike Bellamy to help be healthy, and, and the staff members, the trainers and, and managers, and all these people. I mean, it's not just as simple. Do the players want to play? Of course they want to play, but it's more important. Like who they're going to be around, who's going to get sick, and what's going to happen. And I don't think right now we know the answer to that, but it, it can't be done if it's not healthy. It can't be. Well, I, I, I agree, but I think you know, people still have the right to choose. But I mean, I don't been, want to put myself in danger, but I don't want to put anybody in danger. It's not a political issue. It's that, a health issue. Well, it should be, but for a lot of people it is political. I mean, it shouldn't be political. It should be I, a I'm health saying, issue, I'm, and I'm I agree Scott, with that. It's not political. It's absolutely. If you think there's a sports writer in the country that doesn't want the games to be played because of political reasons, I'm saying that's not that's that is incorrect. You're not you are not well, right. I I'll say 100. percent You're absolutely not right. There's no way any sports writer in the country is working for anything other than the games to be played. If very important, if if they can be played safely, because we, I also I'll, I also don't want those kids to be sick. I don't want the coaches to get sick. But I'm telling you, all of us, we all want to see. I want to see Illinois play on September 4th. I promise. I want to see that. I know Scott does. I know Steve does. We all want to see that happen. Every sports writer in the country wants to see games back. But that's where we're talking about it all the time. We're worried about the games not being canceled. But if they can be played, I promise you, nobody's rooting against that to happen. Nobody. So I think you should rethink. Go home think about this tonight. Play this whole thing in your head and say, "Okay, why would the sports writers be against the things they love?" I love to cover. I've covered college football for thirty-five years. I love it, and I would like nothing better to see twelve or thirteen games this year. But if I don't see those games because of health reasons, that's going to be okay. Because I know the greater good here is not getting a player sick or a coach sick or administrator sick because of something that's a game. That makes no sense to me. I think, Bill, you're you're. um you're, you're grouping sports writers in the general term of media, and I don't think I, I think it's two different things. I think the sports writers have the view that we have that that is our job to cover the games. And now, right. if you're talking about the media, you know, outside of uh, sports, the news media, maybe that's maybe that's a different thing. I don't know what you're thinking there, but uh, well, I don't I don't think I, I think you're uh, you could be right if you're saying that. Sports writers are 100% apolitical, and that would be true. But I just don't believe that 100% of the sports writers are apolitical. 100%. Why do they have to I be apolitical? Don't. I mean, carpenters well, and construction workers and yeah, fast food workers. They, right. they can, right. the, everyone but sports writers are allowed to have a political thought, but we can't? No, no you should be able to. Okay, but there you go. Okay, but thank you. You're telling, but, you're telling, but you're telling me that they don't. 
You're saying we're they saying, don't. I'm no, saying we're they saying, should, and they could. They're allowed. We're saying they're they, allowed to have their opinion. We're saying they but don't. You're saying they no. don't want the game sacrificed for political reasons. Scott, you would agree with me that there's no political reason to have a game played. I mean, I, I don't want a game right. canceled I really for political. Hope you're right. I, I promise every sports writer in the country is not worried about the political side of this. They're worried about the safety side of it and whether that could be played without somebody getting hurt. Hey, Bill, we appreciate it. I hope uh, you're 100% right. Yep, good I stuff. Really I, I like Bill's first idea on... on uh, Great idea. Yeah. I agree with that. When so you, he, he batted 500 on that one. So Illinois State was going to get about a million dollars. No, 450. No, that's right, 450. Bowling Green yes, Bowling Green's getting a million dollars. Bowling Green's getting one point or 2.1 in Total. two games. Ohio State was the other yeah. game, yeah. So that some kind of so, revenue sharing or whatever think, you want to call it. Well, I think certainly what they have to do is uh, with those teams, you got to reschedule them for down the road. Down the road, right? This could lead to something that I've been sort of pushing for anyway. That everyone else is going to think is crazy. Uh, I think there's need to be a thirteenth game in college football. So I think there's my way to get those games back on the schedules down the road. So thirteen games, everybody's going to go. You're crazy, but thirteen games. Why not? When they were going to need the revenue, so do that. And then, then next year. 13th game for Illinois is against Illinois State. And then next year it's Bowling Green. And the next year after that, it's is it third game? Oh, Connecticut. I don't think it has to be UConn. I mean, but yeah, let's but, skip that one. But somebody. Well, and that's based on the idea that Connecticut will have a football team in three years. Yeah, so. I'm not even sure. Right. It is moving up on 555. Need to take one final break. We'll do that. Be back with some final notes for you on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Stay with us. Tanisha Basham was suffering from congestive heart failure. Doctors told her. Time flies when you're having fun on Monday Night Sports Talk with Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Steve Keller with you for a couple more minutes. Some news today, Jake Hansen, Illinois linebacker, named to a preseason watch list for the best defensive player in the country, the Chuck Bednock Award. Bob, right. your thoughts on that? Well, that's well-deserved. He'll be, he'll be on the uh, Buckus watch, too, I would imagine. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised at all. And, again, he, if he has the kind of season he can have, he, he could have a really uh, special year. All Big Ten certainly is within reach and maybe above that. Basketball recruiting, uh, Scott Ritchie. There's a transfer student, at least one, that uh, Illinois is interested in. His name is Ben Stanley. Played against Illinois this last season in at the State Farm Center. And played well. Yeah. Would uh, he have 20 or had something? Had 20 points. It was, it was the one game I didn't see this past year. That was a blowout was, game, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, beat Hampton 120-71 to 71 or something. Like that. We were on the road back from the Iowa football game. Right. So uh, Colin Mike has filled in there. But, yeah, Ben Stanley's got a... Top six of Dayton, Oregon, Xavier, Maryland, Illinois, and maybe he goes back to Hampton. He, he kept the Pirates in there, but averaged 22 points, 7.2 rebounds last year. Has two years of eligibility. Would, in theory, have to sit out after transferring, but who knows how waiver... In theory, he might be out the window right Yeah, now. who knows? I mean, and the whole waiver process is a joke to begin with, yeah, so... We don't know what the theory is. A couple of baseball notes. Uh, Cardinal fireballer Jordan Hicks has decided to opt out for the 2020 season. He's coming off Tommy John surgery, and he is diabetic, so he'll be able to uh, opt out and still get paid. And the Cubs had some issues and had some of the people not at their workout today, including their manager, David Ross. Uh, they were waiting on some tests to come back. That's going to do it, Bob. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Appreciate it. Matt Daniels back next week. Thanks to Ed Bond as well. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. This is Steve Kelly at 6 o'clock.